Good evening, trainers, and welcome to the 1334 Decks. I am one of your hosts, Stephen Classic. And alongside me is the well-knowledged, awesome, soon-to-be professor, but researcher Albert. Albert, how you been, my man? I'm doing good, but I feel like from here on out, if I miss up any Pokemon facts, the ridicule online, man, it'll just be so harsh. It's just the pressure. You'll be okay. Just just n- n- keep your head on a swivel. You'll be fine. Thank you, Wikipedia or Bulbapedia. Thank you, Sarah B. This is where I get most of my knowledge from. Uh, well, I mean, I get my knowledge from you um, at this rate. Like, I- I'm very one-dimensional. Like, I love Pokemon as a whole, but I'm very one-dimensional with my stuff. I had a dilemma th- today because today was the very last day of picking up your Zero Aura. By the time you've heard this, it was already done two days ago. But uh, I had to pick up my Zero Aura today, and I had a dilemma with the account via the mobile app, and I didn't know what to do, and I had to go back and sign into a different account and try to download and cancel my subscription and re-download it and stuff, and you were the one who, who helped me navigate through those waters. You were my Lapras. Would you, would, would you rather me say you were the Lapras? Yeah, but the only problem is we could have avoided this if you would have got Zero Aura right up after the last recording, but no... Okay, life comes at you pretty fast, all right? And I have plenty of other projects to do. It took and me like five had... seconds, man. Five seconds to do the download and everything. It literally took me about 45 minutes tonight and like a massive headache and getting mad and throwing my phone at my couch. But you got the shiny though. So at the end of the day, <laughs> despite any yeah. dents in the wall, I mean, <laughs> you I at guess, least got I it. Guess. So how's your Poke Week been, man? Uh, it's been pretty good. So, if you remember last week, I talked about those skill challenges in Pokemon Go. Started doing those. Oh boy, are they kind of brutal. Like, they're... It's weird to describe, because they're, like, fair, but which, the amount of something you have to do is pretty brutal. Pretty, pretty brutal. So, what what are some of the, the challenges? Because I haven't picked up on it. I remember you talking about it, um, and I know today is going to be pretty Go-heavy, uh, but... Give me a rundown on some of the skills that you have to you have to do and complete to, to get to the next level. So right now, trainers, um, by the time you're probably listening to this episode, we're either at the very like end of the event or the event's already going to be over because the skills portion of the lead-up event ends on Wednesday, July the 8th, which, I mean, we record on Monday, so we're on the, we're on the 6th right now. So you got this list of like missions you got to do, and it's like... It starts off really simple, like, you know, catch 20 Pokemon. I mean, go to a park, easy. Make nice throws, again, easy. Catch, use, you know, berries to catch Pokemon, transfer Pokemon, you know, all pretty easy stuff. But then as you keep going up, you have to catch, okay, instead of catching 20, now you got to catch 30 Pokemon. And the next level is, okay, now you got to catch 50 Pokemon. And it starts becoming, like, really, really grindy to kind of knock all this stuff out. And the good thing, I mean, you're getting... Like encounters, like if you haven't been able to find Ducklet, you're guaranteed to find a Ducklet. You're able to get a flying Pikachu encounter as well, which unfortunately mine was in like Sparkly, so oh, I still got a hunt you, for that you're one. Worried about, you're worried about the shiny? You're more worried about the shiny than just catching the Pikachu on balloons? Because I could care less about the shiny. I just want the Pikachu with the balloons. I have not found one yet. But they I've are seen so actually many... hard to find. Like Compared to past events, like they're everywhere. But the flying Pikachu, this one... It's not as common. So that's what I said. Like, I'm like, okay, I could turn this thing on and like the Pikachu hats, like you always see run into like four or five of them in every area you're at. I have not found one of these things. 
I've been I've I've put it I've actually played more just to catch that. Just to catch the Pikachu on balloons cuz I've saw the screen grabs and people doing their screen records and stuff and putting it on Instagram and everything. Yeah. I'm like, I have to I have to get that. Like I need that. I don't know why, I just need it. Like I am so used to finding like, oh, there's the bird hat Pikachu. Oh, there's the pirate hat Pikachu. But this one was actually kind of tough to find and I, okay, yeah, I'm greedy. I want the shiny too while I'm at it, but yeah, once you get kind of those all done and get disappointed when your Pikachu encounter at the end isn't shiny, they kind of give you this, like, this is for bragging rights challenge. Like, all these missions we're doing are unlocking Pokemon that are going like, to pop up on the actual GoFest today. But there's this, like, you know, just for bragging rights, you know, the basic lowdown is you got to catch at least 100 Pokemon. 25 have to be different types, which, okay, you know, those aren't that bad to do. But you also got to make 50 excellent throws. So unless you're, like, actually like kind of like focusing on what you're doing because you know the good thing with pokemon go is you can just like toss the balls randomly and you'll probably catch it most times a couple give you here in trouble here and there but getting excellent throws on like the different kinds of pokemon like the different size like rings and all that it's work it's a lot of work and for bragging rights you don't really get like a major reward so like i did the main challenges i'm just kind of like looking for that extra motivation right now to like want to finish and grind out like the hundred pokemon catches and the 50 excellent throws because uh, just getting a couple pokeballs and like ultra balls i get those from like pokestop so it's getting kind of hard to find that motivation right now so is this the hardest challenge that you've had to face since mo- since they started doing the daily and the the research challenges because i remember there were some of them there were some of them i couldn't ever complete because my patience wasn't there or i'd get really really mad but so there's the one where it's like throw eight great ball, like great or excellent throws in a row. And I got to like seven and then I messed up and it restarts the whole thing again. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I, for me, that one's the hardest. But like from the sounds of it, this sounds like the most tedious and toughest one they've they've released. I would say this one is it's more tedious than tough, like. Most of the event missions I've gotten, like, I've been able to do, like, pretty easily. Like, the throwback challenges way back in May, those were easy to grind out. Like, it wasn't that hard. But, like, with these, it's just kind of so tedious and grindy. I think they're just trying to get people to, like, really take advantage of, you know, the events. You know, maybe load up on some incense, stuff like that. It's more tedious. Like, I wouldn't say it's hard, but I would say it's, like, tedious for sure. I think one of the hardest ones that I met was i think with celebi you had to like go to pokestops like at least spin one a day and like with my schedule like when i was in school and stuff like i wouldn't there'd be days where like i could not leave like on campus or anything or i couldn't get to a pokestop in time so that was tough <laughs> just trying to like ruin like a whole week's worth of work because oops i forgot to like put spin a pokestop or i didn't have time for it <sighs> those were the ones that are usually oh that and, like make the excellent curveballs like consistently like I think I had one for, it was a Spinda, where you had to make, like, just three in a row. That was a challenge to do all on its own. Especially because, like, I'm just trying, purposely trying to find Pokemon that are, like, perfect for those missions. You know, like, real big ones, like Whalemur that have the giant rings. You gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. We'll see. I might find the energy to just go to a park and just grind us all out tomorrow. Maybe a little bit Wednesday. Gives me an excuse to go take some pictures, I guess. I'm willing to play a little more. So, I, I had a question, though. So, now that they had all the information and stuff released do the go passes sell out for the digital oh no 
the it's unlimited as long as it's the digital events you're good it's only like the legitimate like you gotta travel events like the ones that were being like the actual go fest like those sell out yeah that's what i figured so so if i could do this digital thing i think i'm willing to do the digital thing again because you're the researcher and you're my source you're my prof- uh my professor i'm gonna need your help and are you willing to help me on my journey and go Please don't tell me you want me to pay you the $15 just to do this event. No, I'm going <laughs> to I'll, I'll pay for it. It's 15 bucks. I mean, I basically got it back when I had to cancel the subscription to home on my phone to redo. Never mind. I, I'm, I'm not going to go on a tangent. Deep about breath it. in. But yeah, no, exhale. <sighs> Pokemon company has to make everything tough on us, don't they? Yeah. All we need was a logout button. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to do the GoFest. Um, it sounds in- interesting, and I, l- I love the Pokemon that are being showcased right now, and I've never seen so much love for a Ducklet before. I think it's, that's the advantage of Go, is since we don't get every Pokemon just, like, thrown at you at once, and they're, like, released progressively, you kind of get to enjoy, like, the little releases that kind of come along the way. It's, it gives you something to look forward to, you know, just, like, the first way you're able to get, like, Nankata was you have to do, like, these research tasks and get it through a breakthrough, so... It kind of make that Pokemon a little bit more special. <laughs> so is there, I know there's always a Pokemon that gets highlighted, but is it once a week or is it once a month? Because I know they do community days where it's, they do those twice a month, don't they? Uh, community days are once a month. So the way it usually goes is every month there's a lot, kind of like a lot of events going on. So it gives me a reason to kind of talk about a couple of things. So there's always a reach research breakthrough. You do missions once daily, you check off a little box, and when you do seven, they don't have to be consistent. As long as you do your seven, you'll get like a research breakthrough Pokemon. And in the past, it's been legendaries. They've been doing kind of some new things recently. So like this month, if you do like, you know, seven days worth of missions, you're going to get a Larvitar. And, you know, Larvitar could be pretty cool if it's nice and shiny, even if it's not. Like having a Tyranitar as like one of your attackers and like the battle leagues and stuff is still pretty good. And he's really good for raids and stuff. So there's always that, like there's always like a research breakthrough. What they started doing now is there's spotlight hours. So like every Tuesday at like 6 p.m., 7 p.m. your time, you have this hour where like a specific Pokemon like pops up in very, very high densities. So like this week, like it's gonna be Talo. So Talo's gonna pop up in like great numbers starting, you know, tomorrow. I mean, we record on Mondays, like we've said a billion times. But, you know, Taylor will pop up in good numbers. It could be shiny. Week after that, Zubat. Then the other week is going to be Oddish. And it's going to be Weasel. The first three, you know, can be shiny. So it's kind of a good time to hunt. Or, you know, have your heart broken because you really want a shiny Poochiana and you can't find shiny Poochiana. And you've gone to events where there have been Poochiana and you couldn't find the shiny. So you use the incense and spend about an hour trying to find shiny Poochiana and just have your heart crushed more and more and more. There's some deep scars there that this game has caused me. Really, really deep scars. So one, you're the fir- you're the first person I've ever heard cry over a Poochiana since that trainer in Ruby and Sapphire. It's a cool looking doggo, man, and it's like a shiny golden doggo too. You said doggo? Yes. Oh no, 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 no. We're not, we're not, we're not starting that. Not on this show. <laughs> not on my watch. But uh, I see online, I see so much ghost stuff. Uh, when we do the show and everything, yeah. I see a lot of Go news, and I see different people highlight and talk about one thing. So that's why I was wondering if there was like a, a specific highlight because I know Community Day. Yeah, like this month is. Uh, I know that day. one. Mm-hmm. So like on yeah. the nineteenth, you know, they've had to adjust things because of you know um, 
the bad Poke Rust that's going around the world right now. So like Gasly's a community day Pokemon this month, and then we're going to see something different next month and the month after that. And, you know, there've been patterns that we used to have that have been kind of changed up recently. And, you know, there's always a raid Pokemon like uh, Kirim is actually going to start popping up in raids starting on Tuesday or tomorrow. So if you got any of those good, like, rock types or fighting types trainers you're gonna be want to bring those guys into the battle to start knocking out kirim oh i saw i saw a lot of people and this goes back to our older episodes i remember when you gave the uh the zekrom news i actually saw people playing for that out and about like i actually hadn't seen people play out and about in a long time but when the zekrom stuff started there was a ton of people playing yeah so it's interesting. And they always have this thing where like every Wednesday is always like uh like the column raid hours. So like every gym will have like that raid Pokemon pop up. So yeah, like if you want to see a lot of like activity going on, usually Wednesdays, like six to seven, like a lot of populated areas will see like mass groups of trainers. Like even here in my hometown, you know, we're kind of a small city, but there's like caravans that people organize to like go to like spot to spot and everyone can like raid together you know you're guaranteed to have at least like a group of at least like 10 or more and you know helps you take down those pokemon a lot easier so yeah there's definitely the community like today's actually the fourth year anniversary of it and the community's still there might have slid off just a teeny bit but it's been consistently there yeah i was gonna ask you because i know today's the fourth anniversary yep and do you remember when it came out and what you did yeah i was still in school at the time i think it was after class when it came i was actually able to like get on the app because we all know the server stories like when it first came out and no one can get on the servers i remember going home i think i was doing homework or something and then i just tried it on my phone i was able to download it then it worked i got in and i got like that message from professor willow and i got to like choose my starter and if i remember right uh squirtle was my starter i chose squirtle and then being the sophisticated adult i am got in my truck and started going to like one of the parks that was close to my apartment and just started hunting from there so i find it to be hilarious because i remember when it launched it was like six o'clock six p.m our time it was a really obscure time which it launched in the united states like it, it became live i remember I was in San Antonio. I visited you the day before it launched. Yeah. Uh, I had a girlfriend at the time that lived down in San Antonio. So I, I remember when it came out, I got the notification. I was like, I told her, I explained to her. I was like, you got to get this. Get it now. We'll get it. And we drove all through San Antonio, all through the downtown area, the Riverwalk area, and we played. Lo and behold, all you got were the Raditas, the Pidgeys, uh, a Geodude here and there. But you didn't really get much, but it was fun. Like, I, I remember it was a lot of fun. And some people got wave of it because you, you saw a lot of people out and about. Yep. Now, do you remember the massive chaos that it became for about five months, five or six months? I remember the, for sure, the one week of world peace that we had when it first dropped. Like, there was no fighting. It was just everybody, let's play Pokemon together. Let's go catch Pokemon together. I remember there was a lot of events in San Antonio. Like, I think there was a while where every Friday I would be going to like the zoo or the botanical gardens because they would be opening, you know, the parks later than they would normally stay open. And you could go and there's like all these Pokemon stops there. That was actually the first time I ever went to the zoo was when they hosted an event. Got to walk through the whole park. I think that's where I caught my very first Charmander was there. Like I remember starters being like the one of the rarest things you can find. Same thing with like Magikarp. Magikarp and Gyarados. The pinnacle, like you've grinded it that Magikarp, you got lucky and found that Gyarados. There was a trail that people used to hit up a lot in San Antonio. 
it just be like the circle of cars driving in this like same parking like two three parking lots together and just you're grinding for Magikarp because just Magikarp are just spawning there just for whatever reason that was just like the Magikarp nest so they would just keep catching and people who spent a couple nights there you would end up with a Gyarados so and then I think I remember a lot of places like embracing it as well because like the zoo the first time they did it was like a, oh this is a kind of a fun cute thing and then when they did it the next week they got more into it like the first night they didn't like open up any of like the snack places or the food places so like you were on your own when it came to like water and food the second time when they opened they started doing stuff like they're having cosplay contests they were doing like you know raffles for you know the team that could there's like one gym in the whole zoo like if you could take over that gym they were doing raffles for like oh if you're a team mystic and you took it was a team mystic gym and they would do like you submitted your name, they do a raffle, and you can win, like, membership tickets and all that. And and see, I remember... Oh, sorry to cut you off. I remember when uh started catching craze, people were promoting their businesses as a Pokestop because they got it. And so yeah. they had the signs up, and, like, it almost... They would literally... Ha- I remember there was a Sprint. A Sprint had a... Before they became the quote-unquote licensed Pokestop, which they developed after <laughs> two months, where Pokemon actually was putting stuff in Sprint stores... There was a huge, like, canvas sign hanging from a Sprint sign outside of the building. It says, we are a Pokestop, with the O being a Pokeball. And uh, I was just like, man, this thing is taking off. But I had a big issue with it. I mean, this is just me. I've been a Pokemon fan since the beginning. I love everything about it. I love all the generations except for 7, because 7 is trash. But really didn't like how when people addressed you as a Pokemon fan, and th- there's this weird conundrum because it's like Pokemon became a fad at that point instead of like a community. Oh, you just play Go. You're playing Go, Go, Go. And I'm like, whoa. And then you try to actually have a conversation with them about, you know, this game or this anime and this and that. And then it's like talking to wallpaper. And I that I don't know about you. That bothered me. Like that ate at my core for a while. I didn't know if you had, if you faced that, because I know you love Pokemon just as much as I do. You are very uh, enthralled and diverse in into the culture itself. So you're not really identified to one thing or another. But like, did it ever bother you that people would come up to you knowing you're a lifelong Pokemon fan, but think you just like Pokemon because of Go? I didn't really look at it that way. But to me, it was, it was so kind of mad. like a conversation starter. Because like, I knew, like, I mean, I figured not everyone that plays this, you know, is super into it like I am. I knew that, you know, some people probably, you know, had Red and Blue, and that was the only game they ever played. Especially, like, with a lot of the adults that I kind of saw playing and stuff. To me, it was just kind of like a way to, like, hey, you play Pokemon Go? Like, do you play the main games? No? Oh, so, like, what do you do? You know, what's kind of, like, your interest and stuff? So it's kind of, like, this way to bridge the gap and, like, just start a conversation with somebody about, like, anything. That's why I met, actually met, like, a couple friends that way. It was just that they started with Pokemon Go. You know, they kind of only ever played the first generation. And, you know, we kind of got to talk from there. And whether it was, like, still talking about Pokemon or still talking about, like, other hobbies that they have, you know, sports, you know, movies, anime, you know, what have you out there. But I always thought more of, like, the bridge to, like, give you a reason to kind of, like, connect with people. Like, you didn't necessarily have to be... a I mean, that was a bonus if you're a Pokemon fan, too. But, like, you didn't necessarily yeah. need that to me. Uh, you got lucky. I mean... I live in Dallas, and Dallas is known for being very pretentious. Uh, uh, so I didn't get that. I didn't get that luxury, you know. I, ma- I to be honest, I made at least four or five really good friends from Go. There was at least two of them that, yeah, I got to educate them and tell them, hey, this, 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 because everyone has that Gen One bias, 
you have to explain to them and everyone's like oh well and it's it's a universal thing that i always hear and i laugh everyone's like ooh whatever that those pokemon new pokemon are trash literally they made a trash can and an ice cream cone pokemon i'm like look at voltorb and muck i know if like, you break what, down some of the what gen do one you pokemon want? It's like magnemite and magneton are literally just magnets that's all yeah, they are like, and yet we love them Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's like so. Don't I'm like don't sit there and, and trash this when you got this, this, this. So I, I've I've had that ability to make friends from it, but more times not. It was the reason I stopped playing. It's because I didn't have that luxury of people willing to learn and people, you know, it, it became a fad, and that's that was my biggest irk with Go. You're you're actually the the only person. I know maybe two other people that play, but you are the only person that plays it seriously. Yeah, I'm a dex hunter, so like I need those dex entries, and then because I'm a photographer and they have like the AR features, and like they actually made this new AR feature live now. Whenever you use like your camera to scan the environment, they actually can position the Pokemon to where like a Bulbasaur is like hiding and peeking out at a tree, like looking at you, or you know you can kind of be more immersive with it. For that aspect, like I want to have like a living dex in there too, because you know I want to take pictures of everything and i've had ideas for you know kind of like photography pages just based on like what i can do with the ar camera and go i like all aspects of it and i the reason i was able to see so many kind of like new spots in san antonio was because i would literally just like not have anything to do on a weekend just go you know what we're just gonna go to this park walk around and see what we find and sometimes it was like yeah. oh, this is a good day other days not so much but do you think that was nintendo's biggest phenomenon that they managed to to hit on i would say so or at least not nintendo's per se but like just the pokemon companies like biggest thing they're another pokemon company yeah so like i would say that's probably it because at that at least that first week there was nobody that wasn't playing that game like everybody had it on their phones i think that still was the highest downloaded app of all time because not everyone used facebook not everyone used twitter and stuff those other ones but everyone got on it you know what irks me though it really irks me is people who didn't listen to me and this is right before the switch came out too i said start investing into stock in pokemon and then in uh in nintendo because when the n because it wasn't even announced as a switch yet it was still the nx and i was like because pokemon's gonna take a huge step and that's gonna make a lot of money that's yeah. gonna be something completely different and lo and behold it did sword and shield blew things out until animal crossing came around but I remember telling everyone like invest in Nintendo or whatever stock. Just try to get try to get a stock. Try to get uh, whatever. And then as soon as Go drops, everything just just shot to the roof. Like it just ran through the roof, and it's like oh my god, just all the money that was sitting there. And then it made me question how much money did they make that first uh first quarter or whatever they were out. Well, I mean at this point we're probably in the billions now, but they've. Oh, no, no. I'm They're saying not. that first quarter, what I think was like $900 million yeah. in the first three months. That was wild. I, I just, I couldn't, I didn't see that happening. I expected as a Pokemon fan, that was going to be real cool and really fun and awesome. I never saw, like, I don't think anyone saw it being that big. Did you, honest, in, in your core, believe it was going to be that big? You knew, like, this idea of, okay, it's just, we're going to make this whole immersive, like, the world is your game board sort of thing was going to like skyrocket like i may have anticipated like okay you know the pokemon fans are going to like this but everybody even those that weren't pokemon fans you know jumping on it i mean who would have seen that one coming honestly yeah like when when i had um co-workers and people who used to make fun of me 
for liking Pokemon. I used to get picked on for liking Pokemon, um, especially being an adult. I remember when that game came out, I'm like, y'all have y'all have no room to, to say anything anymore because they were so glued to their phone playing that game. Just thinking about it, you look at it before the pandemic, let's say right before what we're going through right now. Did you see a lot of people outside? Uh, this year? Yeah, yeah. January this year. Did you did you see anyone outside? Like, a lot of people outside. Not as many. It's been kind of dying off, but... Think of when that game first boomed in that first month. Think of nobody was inside at all. Nope. Like, like you would go to, let's say, your local Starbucks, and instead of sitting there and enjoying your coffee, you would see maybe 50-plus people on the street corner trying to catch something. Like, it was so wild. Parking lots were empty, or if they were full, no one was in the stores. No one was at the malls. Like, nobody was anywhere but just out outside. Like, I wish somehow we could get a lucky... I mean, well, not right now. Never mind, take that back. But, like, we need a wave of that kind of energy again because that, like you said, it, it brought <laughs> peace. That, that There was that one week, which everyone found to be crazy, that there was no crime in the United States for, what, 10 days in a row? No yeah. crime. Yeah. No arrests, nothing. 10 days. For at least one week, we'll just all... Let's all just get along. Let's all just work together. Pokemon needs to up their uh, promotions right now. Well, they actually did drop a... Kind of like a commercial spot, you know, advertising, you know, everything for GoFest that's coming up. I, did you re- have a chance to watch that video yet? Uh, is it where the lady the lady goes down the hallway and grabs the thing and then they walk outside? Yeah, they're like ripping the different... Like, Ben's in reality yeah. here, you know. Yeah. I th- it was like a mom and her son, wasn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of going I saw through it really, I saw it a while back. So, yeah, I mean, they've got this whole, like, campaign starting off for, you know, GoFest. You know, it's like July's like the big year and, you know, maybe in a different timeline or universe where, you know, we're allowed to go outside. This would have been a little bit bigger from what they were planning. You know, heck, we could be talking right now saying we were going to be in Chicago doing a remote there and being able to check out the GoFest. But they're really building well, up the show, If the show does well, I'll, I'll travel. I'll do it. The funny thing is it's just, um, you know, the bad poker rust that's out there right now that's preventing us from being able to travel. That's the bad thing. <laughs> the bad poker rust. I have bad a question real quick. <laughs> I, I have a question about that, though. Uh, because I actually haven't heard of heard it. Sword and Shield has come out. Do people still use Pokerus for like uh, you know, breeding the right mons? Um, some people do. I mean, the vitamins is the quickest way right now. <laughs> but but like I remember, like you had to have a Pokerus Pokemon. And yeah, you could, you know, yeah. I remember like that was a big thing. Like, I, haven't, stuff. <laughs> I haven't heard. I haven't seen any cases of Pokerus, and I don't think I've traded or put any of my Pokerus Pokemon from from bank or home into uh, Sword and Shield. So I, d- I haven't really worked on it. But it, you saying that made me spark the question. Pokemon Sword and Shield just like streamline like EV and IV training so much that you don't, I mean, you can still do the grind method if you want to. And, you know, there's the appropriate list, you know, which routes to go to and everything. But I mean, it's just kind of easier just to buy the vitamins and just have your Pokemon eat those. And it speeds things up so, so much faster. And the Isle of Armor just, you know, streamed that even further and made it even cheaper and quicker to do. So we're having ways to where, you know, the old tedious stuff in the past, we don't really have to do anymore. And But, I mean, if that's something you prefer, and, I mean, if you're EV training off of Scovid and 
you want to find the shiny in the process, then hey, yeah, you can kill two birds with one stone and kind of go with, with that route. But up to you. I mean, the routes are the choices are always out there for you. So my final question on this, because uh, I wanted to, I want to start talking about some other stuff, is with it being the fourth anniversary of Go, and me knowing you personally, is Go your number one uh, source with Pokemon? Like for me, I have the main series games. Um, I know some people who have the anime. I know some people who are just plush collectors who literally do po- plush collecting. Is Go your biggest thing? What is st- your your bread and butter of the Pokemon company right now? It's so hard to say because like I'm still like super like big on playing you know the main games like especially now that I'm like more into shiny hunting and like breeding. I I still play the games for that aspect. You know I still get like a good work out with those and of course you know there's the raid battles and stuff what i'm doing a lot now too but go is this thing where like i get to kind of like appreciate past pokemon because like with the new games you know there's like again it's just like this barrage of all the pokemon at once but like with the sporadic releases with go you kind of get to appreciate like every pokemon a little bit more they i don't know if you saw the teaser picture for you know go fest this year they're teasing you know gen 6 like you can already see you know fennekin and chespin and froakie in the picture you can pick out you know some gen 5 pokemon that we don't have like there's a whimsicott we don't have whimsicott yet in pokemon go there's um the mega evolutions like there's a this makes me super happy there's a big mega lucario like on that photo so i'm getting like really excited and amped that maybe mega lucario is going to be like the first mega we get in the games like yes i get to like go after my hopefully go after my favorite and you can be happy to mega mewtwo you know the mewtwo line's still there as well so that's there i yeah i, I don't i don't like mega mewtwo x i come to the conclusion i'm not a fan of that design but i mean there's the mega mewtwo i <laughs> you have that other option yeah, i know there. i like that one i like that one a lot more i think I remember when I thought it was Mew 3 because no one get, we went like a week without knowing what that was. Thank you, Cora Cora. Or the people that wrote so so many theories on those things. We're going to have to do a whole episode on Legends and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so you're still a main series guy then. Yeah. Is my, I'm coming to my conclusion. You're a main series guy. Okay. Yeah, but Pokemon all Go right. is still like my you know side outlet where I get to do all these things. It's, it's that 1B? It's that 1B to your 1A? Sure, let's roll with that one. Well, I mean, think about it. Like you, uh, I think now nowadays you kind of almost want to have that one B so you can go to one A. Because like I remember playing Let's Go, I much rather have caught the Pokemon via Go and transferred over to the game. And you know, a lot that's what a lot of people are doing now, even with Sword and Shield, is they're transferring the stuff over to home so they can they can make it work. Oh, okay. So that that's that. Um, did you see the Twilight Wings episode that released this past weekend? Yes. Um, the whole episode focused on Alistair. It's kind of funny watching the shyest person in the Pokemon world actually try to get some human interaction in there for a little bit. It was it was really, really odd um, and extremely dark themed. Um, I loved it. I fell in love with the art style. Uh, I loved how they really humanized the the ghost pokemon in there too even like, with like that think opening about it. with like the cemetery you can see like the trevenant in mm-hmm. the background you knew like alistair's like signature ghost pokemon like gengar and his whole line you know just kind of like watching his back and terrifying the poor child that was walking into the cemetery which honestly who thinks this is a good idea let me walk into a cemetery by myself in the middle of the night i remember seeing the the stills and the memes as well like people were putting like the Gengar with the frowny face and stuff like that and everything and, and Alistair crying on the tombstone which is eerie in itself they referenced the first episode did yeah. you see that 
It's, uh, I love that. They they kept it intertwined. Like, they made it connect. I was wondering if they were going to do it and when they were going to do it and how they were going to do it. And they, they did it then. They did it right there. It's this, like, full circle story that they're trying to make because there's seven episodes total in run number six. I guess it kind of makes sense that they're trying to find a way to, like, start linking everything, you know, in one nice big circle. I had a couple of theories that I was kind of, you know, pitching together with like with the way the story was going right now this episode kind of shook a few of those theories but i mean we still got one more you're gonna have to tell me those off air uh the theories because i'm gonna be curious about it and then we can we could dig into it in, in another episode um but you know we've we don't have that much like much news this week i was gonna get in tongue-tied there but we don't have much news i think uh with the two big uh, presents with uh, Unite, Snap, Cafe, and uh, by the way, Cafe, um, Cafe Mix, um, they they've kind of been steady. Uh, yeah. I see people play it, but like it's not it's not catching wind like I was expecting. But I didn't really expect it to be a massive thing either because it's more of a mobile driven game. Yeah, it's like one of those games you play, you know, to kind of chill with. Like I still play it at least every day, like just to check in and do like maybe three or four boards um i finished the score bunny event i actually recruited score bunny so i don't feel like pressure to like get him in time anymore but you know they're still chugging along there is progressive updates um by the time this episode goes live or this coming wednesday uh lucario is going to be added lucario will be a pokemon that you can have come visit your cafe and possibly recruit i think there's a new dish and there's like 12 more like brand new levels being added so it's one of those progressive things. It's going to be like Candy Crush. You know, little by little, they're going to add as we kind of go along here. What I wanted to ask you is, because we, we fell in love with the anime that was released on Netflix. Yep. I kind of wanted to go over the like when the first two episodes and kind of make this a thing. Because I know we got to stretch this out until what? August, September. What? September is when we're getting the next 12? Yeah, every three months. What's your take on the first the first two episodes because they're they're real real to the point they are what they are um there's a lot of callbacks um apparently ash has a problem with you know getting up on time i find that to be hilarious i love how they they did it and they even they went back in time and the same dilemma happened you see the broken pokeball clock (laughs) and all that stuff why he buys the same alarm clock is beyond me i don't know why but I guess that's the only alarm clock in the Pokemon world. So, so you wouldn't, so you wouldn't buy that, you wouldn't buy that alarm clock if it was real. I would. That that alarm clock looks cool. I feel like that was a thing. <laughs> like at one time, like when the anime first came out, like I feel like somebody made that alarm clock. We gotta find it on Etsy. I'm pretty sure we can find it tonight. Oh, you can find anything on Etsy. I what I do like, and what I do love, is they took time in introducing Pikachu. Yeah, like his origin The story. way they did that was amazing. The little mini Pikachu story at the beginning of the show, basically, or in the first episode, where you see him from a Pichu be raised by the Mama Kangaskhan and makes best friends with the Joey that's in his pouch and stuff and basically becomes a part of his family. But then it gets to the point where it knows it's taking up space that it doesn't need to take up. And it's yeah. time for it to grow. And you see it involve under the moonlight like that I, I i think that honestly might be one of my top five favorite things in any of the anime series because it was done so perfectly it's really emotional too like you just you would never think like you think like pikachu would gonna get the chance to be able to like almost say goodbye to them but no he just takes one look last look at kangaskhan and his little 
I guess pseudo brother there with the baby king is gone and sets off on his own, evolves and I mean this is a such a family show, first and foremost. Before I go into what I think is gonna happen, this is such a family show. Pikachu has like a like a like a like a adopted brother or something. Or well, he's the adopted brother, he's the foster yeah. child. And then Ash has his stepdad on his Pokemon team, like you know, I, I really truly believe this is such a family show. I love it. <laughs> and then like an uncle's a researcher or Whatever, and then go. And I can't wait till we yeah, get to the episode where he uses a stepfather in battle. We're gonna have fun discussing that episode later. Oh my god, I'm <laughs> gonna be like, man, like, does Mister, you know, how weird is that? You have to tell your stepdad to do the chores. But uh, no, what I think is gonna happen because they really played that up in that Pikachu thing. I I hope it's in the next wave of episodes we get, or sometime because I've have been keeping it like paying a close eye. On the Japanese episode. Yeah, there was like some pretty big stuff that happened with this past one. I want to see Ash and the, his Pikachu just go somewhere. But somewhere they cross paths. See the Joey as the Kangaskhan. Yeah. And and they kind of established that. Because you'll see how Pikachu re- responds to the Kangaskhan and the, the Joey. But I want them to do that. Because they did that so heavy in the first episode that it has to has to come down like down the line. They have to revisit it. You can't oh, yeah. leave us in dis- in in straight. Although they've been pretty good at it. Well, I still don't know what happened to Pidgeot. Butterfree doesn't exist anymore. Like there there's there's Pokemon that are just gone. You know, like we're just we're, they're 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 done. Like I don't ever think we get Ash Greninja again. I truly believe he's gone from the series. It would make sense if they're gone because it's like that was part of the Kalos tale and like to go back to it is like reopening that. Like, no, like the Kalos story is over. The, you know, Sinnoh story is over. But, the Alola story is over. Like the stories are done. You know, let them tell new stories. Well, think about it. It's like I'm not asking for him to have them back. Think of there was an episode. I forgot which generation it was, but Squirtle ran into the Squirtle squad. Yeah. There's Charizard came back in a movie and he this is before he actually brought him fully back in Gen 5. Yeah. Like Charizard reappeared. Like I want him to just run across them. And Ash knows who they are and they're happy to see him. Like I want to see Arbok and Coughing or Weezing, I mean, make an appearance. Like I want to see these Pokémon from the past kind of come back and just make a cameo. Just and and where the tra- where you see the trainers that they were with, recognize them, to show them that it's a special bond that they're there. And this is the anime to do it because again, there's not they're not tied to a region. Yeah, they're free. To they're explore. not officially tied to a region. Like I've already seen them go to Sinnoh and Hoenn, and they've referenced Johto like twice. So I'm really wanting to see that dynamic happen. And this is the anime to do it, so I'm hoping, fingers crossed, this is a lot of fan fandom stuff here, but I want them to revisit some of these old mons and just make it special. Maybe Ash has that one battle with someone serious with his Ash Greninja, and then he goes back off to the sunset, and we don't see him. We'll have to see, because there's a couple elements of that have come out already in the Japan episodes. Or the... Okay, well then you're, we're talking off air about this. Yeah, we'll talk off air about this because we want to, at least on this show, we want to keep things with what's available to 
the audience here but yeah there's a couple little callbacks so it's it's within the realm of possibility for them to do it when they will do it's another question but and uh episode two what was your biggest takeaway on episode two it's actually really fascinating to see kind of like a pokemon go aspect mix in like when lugia appears and everyone decides we're gonna have a raid battle and everyone's fighting like lugia at once and like they're not using kanto pokemon like they're using like a corviknight they're using a I think it's a Bisharp is being used. Like they're showing more and more that this world is like so open and connected. And like, if you're in Kanto, it doesn't mean you're stuck to just Kanto Pokemon. Like you can have Pokemon from other regions. Like it's a good way to show like this world is like so big and open and there's all sorts of different Pokemon in there. Yeah. It kind of makes sense too with the raid battle. I mean, without the right like amount of people, you're probably not going to su- successfully do it, which has happened to me and go a lot. But you know, <laughs> I like how you saw a little more and you saw, I know they have it in the the opening theme song, like in the trailer at the beginning. But when they hop on the Lugia's back and he splits the water and they go through it, and also how many of us wish we can actually do that in real life? <laughs> I love the scenery of it. I that's that was my biggest takeaway. Of oh, and I liked how uh, the emphasis town, and I know we talked about this earlier, was Vermilion. Yeah, not Pallet Town, not like some brand not, new like no. island or anything. No, it's Vermilion. You would have thought, hey. So, because the way they addressed it in the first episode, so and so's cousin or so and so's uncle is a professor, and you're like, professor okay, they're just gonna hop over to Ga- <laughs> Yeah, you're you're just gonna hop over to, to Galler and see what happens. No, they just they stuck him in Vermilion, and uh, they did a like. I'm willing to see an updated version of Vermilion again in another game. Like, I hate visiting Kanto because we go there all the time in these revisited games, but. The way they made the Vermilion City look in the anime, I want them to make it like that in the game. Like, it looks perfect. And then we'll talk about this in, like, a later episode, you know, when we get to it. But there's a couple callbacks, too, like the Vermilion City on its own, you know, that area that was under construction, you know. Took us a couple years, but we finally know what's going there, thanks to the anime. But we'll cover that one in the episode. Yeah, it's wild, man. So, uh, closing out. Do you have any questions for our trainers this week? As always, I do. So the big thing that we want to kind of talk to you trainers about, or, you know, get your opinions, is um, Pokemon Go in itself. You know, it's this big phenomenon. You know, there's people that play it every day, like myself. There's people that check it out. Like, Steven like to do different types of events. You know, try a couple things here and there. So we want to know, you know, what are your memories with? Are you still playing it? You know, do you have any fond memories of, you know, starting your journey in Pokemon Go? Are you, like, a diehard fan, you know? What's your story there? And like, how much do you, you like it? I mean, for something that's so heavy that went from like, we only got Pokemon, that's all we could do to where we have like all these big events that go on now. And there's this like whole Team Rocket event that's going to be kicking off like tomorrow. So <laughs> we get to kind of see what that's all about. But there's so much to this game. We just kind of want to know how you trainers feel about it. And what are your like best memories from playing this game? So yeah, you guys are always welcome to drop us a line on our Twitter account. So if you want to go to the 1334 decks on Twitter, or you can send us an email at the 1334 decks at gmail.com. We always want to hear back from you guys and, you know, hear your opinions. All right, trainers. Well, for this week, uh, for Steven Classic, for Researcher Albert, we're signing out. Train on. Later, trainers. <laughs> <laughs>